We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the 8th day of September, the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Doing well. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Are you... Uh, are you adjusting your thermostat to compensate for the energy problems that you're going to be seeing? Everybody's focused on that now. So actually, uh, uh, I did here recently change my thermostat because, uh, you, you know, I, 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 as you said, you asked me if I'm a polar bear because we keep it uh, rather cool in here. And honestly, to be the, the lights and the, the computer and everything in here behind a closed door, it gets it gets pretty warm. But all that to say, one of the housemates was complaining, Burr, I'm cold. So I kicked it up a few degrees and now I'm sweating my ass off all the time in here. How green of you. So. How green of you to do that. It's amazing. It's amazing that you're you're able to to do your part. Oh, I'm, just I'm gonna, still I'm still just gonna overheat. a detriment to the to. Yeah, I'm still a detriment to the climate though because it's 71 degrees Fahrenheit is what it's set to. So that's still relatively yeah. cold. Yeah. I'm just curious. That's going to affect your ESG score in the future if you didn't know. That that's really going to hurt your ESG score. I'd like to play this piece. It's satire, but it's really where we're going. This like this is the new normal. ESGs. For those that don't know what ESGs are, I think most people are familiar with those by now, but the ESGs stands for environmental, social, and governance. Basically, that is your social credit score. That's what it is. They're not calling it social credit like they do in China, but they're calling it ESGs here because we have to be green. We're going to talk a lot about this green energy nonsense today and what people are being told. But before we do that, this is an example of what is going to happen to you in the future or in the present when you go to a financial institution to ask for a loan for your business. Say, for example, if you're, oh, I don't know, uh, an oil driller or something like that. Oh, no, we can't have that. Hey, I'm Brian. My pronouns are he, his, him. I understand you're looking for a small business loan, but you're having troubles with your ESG score. I was denied. What's your business? I operate uh, drilling equipment, oil and gas. Uh-huh. The E in ESG is for environmental. You're in a dirty industry. So I can't get no loan? Well, let's take a look at your company's social policies. Tell me about your plan to create social justice. Social justice. Do your employees get paid time off for abortions? And tell me about your diversity, equity, and inclusion plan. Well, I ain't got none of that. I'm a driller. I just hire good people to do the work. Well, maybe there's one more thing we can check. Do you have any female co-owners? Uh, no, just me. Ooh, have you ever identified as a woman? Or even just non-binary? It could really help your score. What? Ugh, your loan is denied. Come back when you fix your ESG score. That's not out of the realm of possibility, is it? That's really where we're headed. It's it's meant as satire, but this is literally what's happened already. Uh, some businesses have been denied loans because their ESG score is not good enough. 
So, well, look, this at, is not look at the police departments. They're going all woke and diverse and, and everything else. Uh, if you're a um, well, a certain demographic and you have a certain religious belief or a certain political belief, you just don't belong. And so you need not apply if you're on social media. As we've seen with COVID over the last couple of years, if you have a certain opinion about whatever the science says that day, you need not apply. If you don't believe that Dr. Fauci's telling you the truth, if you don't believe what the mainstream media is telling you, well, then you're denied. You're persona non grata. Yeah. Honestly, this is what we've been talking about. As you as you mentioned, social credit, this is what we were talking about. If you don't toe the line, if you don't uh, spout the correct narrative, then... I'm sorry, you just you, you don't get to go to the prestigious schools or jobs or any of the No, you don't get any of that. Uh, instead, you you uh, have to live in squalor. It hasn't yet reached the point to where you're not able to buy food, but that's coming. Oh, it's coming. That's coming. It's getting to the point now where you're not going to be able to afford energy bills. And that's what it's going to be. You already got the campaign slogan that's going on across the UK, eat or heat, right? Eat or heat. You see, there's a little bit of a problem here. We're in a very unique situation when it comes to this energy crisis, at least here in the West. We're in a unique situation. The Europeans are in the jackpot because they went over and got in bed with the Russians. The Americans are in the jackpot because you went over and got in bed with the Chinese. These two policies that like the, the corporate heads and everything else, these two policies have been absolutely disastrous for the Western economies, have been disastrous. The mindset is of the, uh, the venture capitalists, the mindset is or was rather when we started doing business with these countries, which I, that, that's like these aren't even really like these are not governments we're doing business with. These are organized crime syndicates. The idea was we're going to do business with them and then they're going to like capitalism once they get a taste of it and then they'll want to become capitalists. How naive are you people? How naive are you? Even Mao Zedong himself said, look, we'll do business with anybody. We don't care. We'll just kill him later. Yuri Bezmenov. We've played clips of him here before. You know what? I, I want to revisit the Yuri Bezmenov thing. How to ideologically subvert a nation. I want to revisit that. And you know something? I want to revisit that with Pavel. I want to get his thoughts on it. He lived during the time over there in the Soviet Union. So I'd like to get his take on it. But even he said, if you do not stop doing business with these killers, then you will make the ropes from which you will hang. See, now here's the problem. By doing these deals... These economies have become so intertwined on each other that they're essentially supporting each other. But it's gotten to a point where one actually has a leg up on another at the moment. The Russians, because of energy, they don't actually make a whole lot of things. They don't make a whole bunch of products that the world wants to buy, but simply energy. We're the ones that built their energy infrastructure up in the first place. The Chinese... They want to sell their cheap garbage and their cheap trash that they manufacture in those uh, in those factories. And that's not a poke at the Chinese people. Those are hardworking people. But they want to sell their cheap junk in all of our big box stores because we've been turned into professional consumers over the last 80 years. So we don't produce anything here anymore, at least in America. So we're China's biggest customer. So if China cuts off consumer goods, we collapse. The Europeans decided, well, we're not going to produce any energy of our own. We're going to forego that. We're going to do business with Russia and we're going to push everybody into consumerism here as well. Now you've got the Russians that are saying, you know what, until you lift these sanctions, Putin said it this week, until you lift these sanctions, we're not going to deliver any natural gas. This is akin to being in hawk to the mob. That's what this is. What happens if you're just a simple business person, right? You own a small business. Th think of like um, 
Bruce, you're familiar with the TV show The Sopranos? It's not on anymore, but you, you've heard of it, yes? Sure. Yeah. Okay. There's one episode in there. Well, it, it went over the course of a few episodes, but I remember this one specifically. Guy owns a sports store, and he decides he's going to um, get involved with uh, the mob in one of their gambling games, right? One of their poker games. They end up fronting him all kinds of money, and he keeps losing, but he keeps doubling down, and they keep fronting him more cash until eventually they say, you know what? We're going to need that business of yours. We're going to need to start taking that stuff you've got in the front. We're going to be moving it out the back at a discount. That's what we're going to be doing. And in the meantime, while you keep doing more business with these people, you keep getting deeper and deeper in hawk to them. And in the meantime, you on the face of it are trying to cover it up in front of your family and friends, aren't you? You're trying to hide it. You're trying to hide the shame of what you've done. That's what these governments are doing. They're trying to hide the shame of what they've done. That's what these corporations and these, these, these uh, banking heads are doing, these financial institutions that have gone over there and jumped in bed with these people. They're trying to hide what they've done. Because if we figure out, hey, wait a minute, you people sold us down the river, they're going to collapse just the same. The governments are not against what Russia is doing. They're not against what Putin is doing in Ukraine. They have to show on the face of it to you, the average person, that they are against it. They're not against that. They're for what he's doing. We don't have to have an energy problem here in the West. We don't have to have an energy problem. It's being done on purpose. They found a shale deposit in the southern region of, uh, of Germany about three weeks ago. They say that with that discovery, that single discovery, they could power the entire nation for the next two decades. But because of the green energy revolution, that cannot be pursued. I would think that if you've got an angry populace that are already wanting your head on a stick, you would want to do everything you could when it comes to energy. Don't worry about it. We know a lot of people have lost a lot of jobs, but we're going to have a national mobilization. We're going to put people to work. We're going to do crash courses and training. We're going to train our own people. We're going to build our own infrastructure, and we're going to get this up and running. Because if we don't, people are going to start freezing. That's what should be happening. But it isn't. Do you remember Barack Obama before his second election when he was caught on the hot mic with Dmitry Med uh, Medvedev, Med or Medvedev, sorry, Med Medvedev, when he said, look, just tell Vladimir that I need to get my next election out of the way and then we'll do whatever he needs. Don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden, they all pivot across the Western world simultaneously. They all pivot and they're against what Russia's doing. No, no. We're the ones that did the deals with them in the first place to build them up. So now here's the problem. Last week, one of the far left parties, now, now this makes sense. One of the far left parties in Germany said, we're going to start protesting against the rising cost of energy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A socialist government has been implementing far left policies and the far left gets angry and is going to go out and protest and probably riot. They're going to take over all of the protests that have been happening at the grassroots against COVID. Now you've got protests that are forming up over here that are saying, open up the pipelines as the government, open up the pipelines. Here's the problem. Here, here's the issue with this. The Europeans as a whole, I'm not talking about one specific nation here. The Europeans as a whole have made a monumental mistake in doing these energy deals with the Russians, simply because of how they're now reliant on them. Even Donald Trump, as much as I'm not a fan of the guy these days, even he tried to warn the Germans about it. and They laughed at him uh, in the United Nations speech. They sat there and they openly laughed at him. Now, who's laughing? The Americans. <laughs> My God, we did a deal with the communist Chinese. We've been doing business deals with the communist Chinese. Look at what's happened in both of the United States and in Europe. Look what's happened in Western civilization. You didn't turn them into capitalists. We got infiltrated by Marxists on every level. Look what's happened. You think the woke agenda is an accident? 
No, they introduced that. That's how that works. So now we're stuck with this agenda that is not of our own creation. They've infiltrated every level of our society. They've infiltrated education. They've infiltrated entertainment. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. They've infiltrated our music industry, our movie industry. I mean, you, you name it. Every single thing, every aspect, our, our businesses, our corporations, all of it. All this wokeness, that is not something that's new in Western corporations. That's been going on for a long time. The only difference is, is that we, the average public, are just now being privy to it. They've infiltrated academia. They've infiltrated the sciences, the medicines, everything. Absolutely everything. This is what happens. This is exactly what happens. So what's happening at the moment is the protests across Europe about, well, the governments, you need to get off your butts and you need to uh, reopen these, uh, these negotiations with Russia. No, you don't. This is what landed you in the jackpot in the first place. What you need to do is you need to decouple from Russia and you need to decouple America from China is what needs to happen here. We don't need to be doing further business deals with these countries. We need to be getting away from the business deals that we've already made that have put us in this situation. Because if we don't, then it's certain downfall, which I quite frankly, I'm not sure that we avoid that at this point because of everything that they've done, the actions that they've taken against these economies. I mean, hell, we're, we're throwing helicopter money in the air. This is ridiculous. Like, this is laughable at this point. We're, we're just printing trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars like it doesn't even matter. This shouldn't even be possible. None of this should be possible. But we're doing it because they keep changing the rules of the game. What is the number one rule of Marxists, of Marxism around the world? You always get other people to do your work for you. That's the rule. If you now take up the cause across the West of standing up and protesting the government's you're protesting your governments against energy costs. And you're saying, we need to reopen these pipelines. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're doing exactly what they want you to do, as in, i.e., Russia and China. You're doing exactly what they want. They're turning you against your own government, your own people, because they're the ones that sold you out in the first place. So the question becomes, where do we go from here? How do we deal with this situation? Because if you decouple from this... You have to be very careful to not crash the markets. That's the problem. The ones in the West are trying to decouple and they're trying to save face at the same time. They don't want to be seen as, um, as having egg on their faces for the bad deals that they've made that have sold you and I down the river. So how do we deal with this problem? This is the question I, that I don't have an answer for. I, I don't have an answer for. I mean, I, I guess I do have an answer. It's, the answer I have is the common sense answer is what I already mentioned. You put all this green energy bullshit aside because it's just not like it's not even feasible. This is not even feasible. I, I don't care how many good speeches you give. I don't care how many numbers and facts and figures you throw out. It's not even feasible. If you put all that aside and you have a massive and I mean massive campaign to jumpstart these economies and take the foot off of the neck of the people. If the governments or the governmental bodies, in this case, get the hell out of the way, you're in the way. The regulatory agencies within these governmental bodies, you are in the way. That is the way to get out of this. That is the way to avoid, um, I, I guess, a, a, a market catastrophe at this point. But all of this would require some things. First of all, it would require the end of all these agendas. And of course, we can't have that because we have to have the wokeness. Otherwise, we can't have these people. The second thing it would require is accountability. And we know we're not going to get that, are we? The third thing it would require 
is work. Work on the part of the people who have ignored their civic duty for far too long. Is any of this even possible? I mean, I think it's possible, but is it feasible? That's the question you have to ask yourself because the average person, and, and you know, Bruce and I, you and I were talking about this in prep, the average person out there, they don't want to understand how all of this is going to, to transpire that's going to affect their lives. They, they don't want to see that. They still don't want to see that. I mean, as if it wasn't bad enough with COVID, now it's going to hit everybody. Now it's going to hit everybody. And just like we said, when all of it started, look, if you don't wake up now, if you put your head in the sand now, it's, it's going to hit your doorstep sooner or later. It's going to hit your doorstep and you're not going to be able to hide from it at that point. People want to live in comfort and be left alone. They don't want to have to deal with actual issues and problems and think about that kind of stuff. They, they just don't want to do it. So they shut down and they just, I don't know, flip on a TV, flip on a ball game or, or, or whatever it is that they do or, or a sitcom or something and then kick themselves back up in the recliner. And they think, oh, don't, don't worry about it. Somebody else will deal with it. We're out of time, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of time. I, I don't know how to get that message across to somebody that is in that mindset. You don't have time to do this anymore. And there will be a price to pay for sitting on your duff and doing nothing. There is going to be a price to pay for that. I'm not saying that what we're doing here is the be-all, end-all. I mean, we're doing whatever we think we can at the moment. If there's something more that I can do, then I'm happy to do it. But at the moment, I don't see anything else that, that we can do to be as effective as what we are now. But if there's something else, I mean, running for office, I, I agree with the concept of running for office. But at the same time, we've got big, big, big election problems. We've got election integrity problems. And on top of that, you're going to run into a system that is either going to chew you up and spit you out or not have you because you're not playing ball. Now, you can still do some damage at the local level. That's fine. That's fine because I think the local the local politique on the other side is going to be key to this. But we're living in an illusion. None of this is real. None of this. Everything that we're we're going around and we're going through the motions with every day, none of this is real. All of this is is a is a facade and when we finally break through this and we get to that other side, when we get on the other side of that bridge, we're going to be embarrassed about how wrong we were about all this. So where do we go from here? Because I can tell you how this is going to go with these people that are, quote, running things, which I don't think they're actually running things at all. They're just being told what to do. And that, that is the question. That begs the question, by who and for what purpose? The price of a barrel of oil on the continent of Europe today collapsed collapsed to pre-Russia-Ukraine war levels, and the price is higher than it's ever been. What does that tell you? That tells you that they're not playing by the rules. Anybody that's paying halfway of attention, you don't even have to be a market expert. God knows I'm not. I'm not an investor. I'm not a finance guy or anything like that. I know people that are in the business, people that have been in there for a long time with the, with the Wall Street game, and they're well-respected, and I trust their judgment on things. But it seems to me when the price of a barrel of oil collapses and the price is higher than it's ever been, the price at the pump is not matching what the market price is. The price of what is being portrayed at the pump across the EU is equivalent to $400 a barrel. We are not at $400 a barrel. We're not even at 100 Oh, and it's all Putin's fault? Give me a break. This is uh, everything you laid out there. This is actually a blessing in disguise. Assuming we can uh, rally together and work together to 
rid ourselves of this corruption because the masks are removed now. They're just blatantly out there in the open lying to you. They're they're showing you every move they're going to make. They flaunt it and, and you know, laugh about it amongst themselves. It's all right there in front of us. So as long as we work together and continue, as you said, uh, local politique, uh, and honestly, once we change the local levels, we can start moving up to the, the higher levels of, of government. We can rid ourselves of this corruption, uh, of this cancer. Now, it's going to be painful because we allowed it to get this far. We allowed it to continue. It should, it should never have made it to our universities or our, our businesses or our government or any location, really. We shouldn't have. There should have been whistleblowers. There should have been someone bringing light to it. And then we should have pounced on it. We didn't. So now we have to pay for our complacency. And not only the complacency, but the uh, lies in the economy. The, uh, I don't know what the wordage you want to use there, but the uh, manipulation and, and everything that's been going on in the markets. There's been a lot of lying in the markets that have gone on. And whether you believe in a God or not is irrelevant. Eventually, that comes home to roost. Um, lies eventually catch up to you. Whether you believe in an, uh, an all-powerful God or not, you, you still pay for your lies in the end. So that that's partly why we, we have these uh, market resets every 7 to 11 years. That, that, that's normal. It's because of all of that greed. Uh, and we've talked about that before. I mean, this is, you know, this is normal. The, the, the problem that we've talked about as well is that they've been staving this off for a while. And, and it's building uh, more and more dead weight. So when it finally does collapse, it's going to hurt worse than it should have. It should be a moment where we can clarify, we can we can clean up businesses that shouldn't be there, the uh, loans, the, uh, you know, everything that shouldn't have happened. This is the time that we get to do it when there's a collapse. Likewise, when there's a, a collapse, you also find out where the politicians, where they align, where were their investments? You know, those kind of things. What kind of insider trading were they doing? What kind of lobbying has been going on? Honestly, we should have seen this coming long ago as far as not not just not just the well, economy, 08. but I mean, 08. the, the woke I, stuff. Everything. Oh, yeah. The, the wokeness. I remember I saw the I first started to see the wokeness just on that point. I, I remember I first started to see the wokeness in corporate America around 15 years ago. And I was asking then, I'm like, what in the world is going on? They were throwing around the same buzzwords you're hearing now, like diversity, inclusion, equity, and all this stuff. And I'm like, are you people speaking English? And that's what it was. It was to the point where like all of this diversifying your team and uh, like what they're promoting and like the front page of the Telegraph today, first time in uh, in UK history where they don't have uh, any white men in the government. Like that kind of talk, that kind of rhetoric, that was going on in corporate America 10 to 15 years ago. I was seeing it then. And uh, it was transitioning everywhere. And I'm, there's another one of those words. It was transitioning everywhere. I was asking questions then, but you know, you go higher up the chain. It was one of those. Look, this is how things are. Uh, it's not your place to ask questions. Just you know, at corporate drunk. You know, that, that's what it was. We need you to abide by these because this is policy, and that's how it is. And that's what it was. And you know what? All that time ago, the results that were being put up by corporations, they weren't the best numbers in the world to start with. But after you put in the wokeness and you started to be more equitable, I'll just put it that way, the results suffered and they suffered dramatically. And you know what? The corporations didn't care. They still don't care. That's what I'm trying to figure out is how these corporations thought this was a good idea. 
I mean, I, I'm just looking at this as an average person, right? I, and and somebody that's that's seen things on the inside of of corporate America. I'm just going to put it that way. How did you people think? You, I'm talking about like the CEOs and and the the board members and all that stuff. How did you think any of this was going to be a good idea and it was going to work out for you? Let's look at Amazon, right? Just as an example, Amazon. Amazon has lost 25 percent in value over the last week. 25%. Of course, Amazon is one of those companies where, oh, don't worry, you're going to be one of the stakeholders in the new ASG program on the other side. So uh, you're going to take a small hit now and uh, you're going to be one of the big boys on the other side. That's fine. Okay. So that one, I could pretty much chalk that one up. Let's look at Target, right? Target, big retailer across the United States. They've lost 90% of their profit in the last 24 months. 90%. They've missed their earnings, their projected earnings. That's big. That is big for, what is it, like the, the fourth largest retailer in the U.S. or something? So, something like that? That's huge. That is huge. They've missed their mark by that much. How did you think this was going to be a good idea? Let's take a look at today. Let's fast forward to today. You've had three, three, count them, three, three major German corporations that have been in business since the 1800s go bankrupt in the last 72 hours. Three. Can you not see the frog being boiled in the pot here? Can you not see that? This morning. 40. Okay, this goes to the green energy thing. 40, 40, 40 CEOs of European metal groups. So these are companies across Europe, not relegated to one country here, but these are companies across Europe that process non-ferrous metals. So they get the raw ore in, they process it, they refine it, and then it goes out to the rest of the supply chain to make whatever products they need. 40 CEOs got together and penned a letter to the European Union demanding, demanding emergency action to prevent permanent, this is the actual headline of it, permanent deindustrialization. They're saying if you do not stop this, we are going to collapse and we will not come back. There will be no uh, just recession and, and we'll be back in a little bit. No, they're done. How are you going to have a green energy revolution without that? It seems to me you need all the metal producers you can get if you're going to have a green energy revolution. And if you've got 40 of the top ones, forget the smaller guys, that goes without saying. If you've got 40 of the top ones across Europe penning a letter this morning and demanding that the European Union take immediate action, that should tell you everything you need to know. Do you think that von der Leyen is going to pay any mind to that? Do you think that the, the European Commission of unelected bureaucrats, you think they're going to pay any attention to that? The answer is no. I can already tell you. And the reason the answer is no is, again, because it's being done on purpose. Instead, von der Leyen is up there this morning saying this, because we're going to have to look at a mandatory target for reducing electricity at peak hours. And how are we going to do that? And this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve oh, flatten and the curve. Uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. And we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. Oh, I'm so, I'm so relieved. Flatten the curve. Bruce, where have we heard that before? Yeah, a uh, couple of years ago, if I remember right, there was some kind of disease or something that went around. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's been memory hold now. That doesn't really exist Yeah, it's anymore. been a while. It's been a while. We're, we're awful forgetful. We are. Honestly, that right there, the memory hole. I'm, I'm baffled. Why do people not like, that was one of the first things that we, we caught when she was talking is it's like, this is literally the exact same narrative of COVID literally the same wordage flatten the curve. 
the average person, you should like, you should have caught that pattern and, and been like, wait a minute, hold on. Maybe it's just because you've been saying it so much that it's in your vocabulary, but like, shouldn't that give you pause and, and you uh, take a, take a look at this again? You know, uh, I don't know. It, 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 I'm, I'm just baffled. People aren't catching on to this more. Well, maybe this will help people to catch on to it. The Swiss. Listen to this. Okay, tell me this is not just like COVID. It, it's exactly what I said yesterday. It's the repackaging of the same stuff. It gets a facelift. It gets cosmetic surgery, and they shove it back out to you. The Swiss face up to three years in prison for violating the heating rules. Heating rules. You hear this? Heating rules. Three years in prison. Didn't we hear the same thing with COVID? Oh, if you're caught out past this time against curfew, then you face up to three years in jail. You've got a 10,000 euro fine or 10,000 pound or dollar fine or, or whatever. If you open your business, if, if you do this, if you do that, anybody caught violating this, you face jail time of six months to a year. It's the same exact thing. Only this time, if you turn your thermostat up, they'll send you to jail for three years where they can keep their thermostat on all the time. That's fine. That, that's OK. That's a government building. So they'll keep that on all the time. People in Switzerland who violate the country's new heating rules. I wonder, did the Swiss people, because they vote on just about everything down there, did they get a chance to vote on that? I wonder, because I'm betting the answer is no. Who in their right mind would vote for that? Except for uh, like some woke moron that's out there holding up uh, an Extinction Rebellion sign. People in Switzerland who violate the country's new heating rules, which forbid the setting of the temperature above 19 degrees Celsius or 66 degrees Fahrenheit in the colder months will face up to three years in prison. Under the new rules, buildings that use gas heating systems are restricted to 19 degrees Celsius, while hot water can only be heated up to 60 degrees Celsius. And radiant heaters are banned entirely. Entirely. <laughs> It will also be forbidden to heat swimming pools and saunas. Yeah, they're already starting to do that here. Depending on the severity of the violation of the individual's economic situation, fines will range from 30 Swiss francs to 3,000 Swiss francs, which is about it's about the same as a dollar. So $30 to $3,000. While people could also be imprisoned for a maximum of up to three years. Utility companies and larger businesses would face even more severe penalties for breaking the energy rationing rules. Despite doing all of this, now listen to this, Bruce, Mr. Government's bad MK, listen to this quote. The economic minister said, we are not a police state. We're not a police state, but he said that they would perform spot checks to try and catch violators. They're going to drive around with, with little thermal uh, sensors and, and check to see if, you know, you, you've got heat. They're going to check like windows and stuff to check and see if you've got, you know, too much heat going on in your house. But they're not a police state. You know, I wonder, I'm pretty sure you can get tinting for windows. You can. That have a mirror reflection. And I'm, I'm, I'd have to test it, but uh, I'm curious if that mirror reflection would help reflect infrared. Because if that's the case, you could uh, make your windows look like they're dead zones for temperature. I'm actually kind of be like, I, yeah. I, and on that point, I mean, we are talking about Switzerland. I'm wondering, are the Swiss police? Are you guys going to drive down to uh, to to Davos to the World Economic Forum buildings? Are you going to make sure that they don't have any heating or, or lighting on in their buildings? Are you got you guys going to check that? Are you going to go to Klaus Schwab's chalet? One of his, however many he's got. Are you going to go check and see if he's got his heating turned off? Are you going to see if he's abiding by the rules? I'm betting not. Your own buildings? Are you going to make sure you're yeah, following your own the rules in your own offices? Well, I see they're um, essential. They're, they're essential. <laughs> we haven't heard that yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Uh, one of the things that I guess we hadn't really uh, touched on. Do you know where most of their power comes from? The Swiss? Yes, it's nuclear. Nuclear and hydroelectric. 
Both yep. of those are their main sources of power for the Swiss. Which are, um, in um, fact, if I'm not mistaken, those are more or less, that's basically renewable, unlimited, more or less. Yeah, assuming you don't have a major drought um, right. or, you know, so or a you, meltdown. you're good. Yeah, you're um, 37% of their uh, petroleum gas, uh, excuse me, energy usage is petroleum gas. But guess where that's that's concentrated in? Traffic, cars, vehicles. Really? Well, that's yes. That's where their petroleum is. If you go to the cities like Zurich or Geneva or something like, yes, it's very congested in those cities. Interesting note, though. In 2017, the Swiss uh, passed an electric law that would, or an energy law, that would be implemented by the year 2050. And during this time, they are going to completely phase out of nuclear energy as well as petroleum, as well as um, hydrocarbons. And I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing as all the rest of us and transition to hopes and dreams? Uh, when you look at the energy sources and their consumption, 40% of their energy consumption is petroleum. But again, majority of that is vehicles. Uh, then you have nuclear energy, then you have hydroelectric, uh, and then you has, uh, have gas, uh, a small 10% for gas. I, I, this one I'm I'm baffled at because you already have a good renewable source. You already have green energy and nuclear, and which to you're be fair, wanting to to be fair, they have to do that if the Swiss because they are kind of landlocked. If they want to have that standard of living, then they have to be able to produce something independently like that. And nuclear is and hydroelectric; those are the best options. What are you going to start putting these these ridiculous do nothing wind turbines on the top of the Alps down there? Yeah, because that's that's really going to do any good. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because if you put them on top of the Alps down there uh, during the winter, you know, when everything gets a little cold and frozen and, you know, because uh, the Alps gets kind of cold down there uh, or up there, I guess, technically from my parallel. Anyway, they're not going to work. They, well, no, they, they won't the work. You have to use petroleum based products to get the ice off of the wind turbines. I think you're being a little bit presumptuous. The, the reason they wouldn't work, Bruce, is because you wouldn't have enough of them. True. Yeah, you wouldn't have enough. Though, I mean, they may. Uh, we, we kind of we kind of joked about this with California, and the the same thing applies to the Swiss. This 2050 agenda may actually they may actually be able to do this. Get rid of nuclear. Get rid of all their other sources of energy, and they'd be fine because depends on their vaccination rates. That's a very good point. Given the responses that we saw out of the Swiss during COVID, I doubt very seriously that many of them went along with that because those numbers that they were putting up down there were pretty, pretty high. Just to give you an idea of how reliable these uh, these electric cars are, listen to this. Uh, a Washington, D.C. tourist who was in the state of West Virginia. You know, West Virginia, that place that used to be the big coal mining state, you know, that, that place there. He ran out of battery power on a remote West Virginia road last week. And guess who came out on that deserted road and helped him push his car so he could get service? Uh, I'm going to take it. You said West Virginia, right? Yes. Now, knowing one of the big industries there is coal, I'm going to take a stab and say it was coal miners that pushed him out. It was coal miners. They came out to his aid. They pushed him down to the coal mine where he plugged in his, his electric car and charged it at the coal mine. You couldn't make it up. According to Tucker County State Republican Senator Randy Smith, who chronicled the event on Facebook, the roads were near a coal mine, uh, a coal mine access road on US 48, a few miles outside of Davis, West Virginia. I've actually been there. Uh, it's right near uh, 
place called Canaan Valley, you know, ski resort. Yeah, I've, I've actually been up there. Smith wrote that today at our mine off of Corridor H, an electric car from D.C. ran out of battery at the road entrance to the mine. It stopped in the middle of a haul road. So, I mean, it was blocking the, the traffic. So, I mean, they had to get it off the road. Good Samaritan coal miners realized that the vehicle could not be towed since the bottom of the car was all plastic and there was nothing to hook onto. Well, that's good for the environment. They were able to push the vehicle up the road to the mine so that the driver could recharge the vehicle at the mine. He went on to say, the senator went on to say that this just shows you the coal miners are good people and will go out of their way to help anyone, friend or foe. I'm honestly glad that they ended up where they could get some help because they couldn't get a tow truck to come out. And this is out in the middle of nowhere. And Bruce, you'll be happy to know, as soon as the vehicle was charged and they were able to send the DC driver on their way after they charged it at the coal mine, they gave him, the miners gave him a friend of coal license plate as a souvenir. Nice. Yeah, you know, good on the coal miners. Uh, for being um, good Samaritans in this uh, and helping an uh, individual out. Because at, at the end of the day, you, you fell for the agenda. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you fell for it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm still about helping people and, and you know, and, and trying to get them out of their bad situations. It, it gives them a chance of redemption, if you will, or to change their mind. Obviously, there's an exception to that. Uh, there's, you know, when you're when you're a violent criminal at that point, uh, I kind of uh, I'm sorry, once you're a violent criminal and you've done like rape or murder or those kind of things, like you, you don't get to exist in society anymore. I'm sorry, you're not redeemable uh, in that sense. Can't be trusted. But uh, I'm glad they helped him. And I hope this is a lesson to the rest of civilization that going to electric vehicles, uh, it, it, it's not feasible. Uh, not only is it not feasible, it's not green. Not only is it not green, but it's not possible because we don't have the hard, the the actual hard materials to put into the batteries, let alone being able to go green with the solar panels and the wind turbines and powering everything at the same time. Just it's not possible. Sorry, guys. And more to the point, soon enough, we're not going to have the industry, even if it were possible, we're not going to have the industry to process it. You got anything else? Um. I did have a few articles pulled up. Let's see. Is there anything worth mentioning? One that we're going to be kind of watching. This is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of pointless really in the in the end game. Well, it's important in the end game, but uh, because of the current politics and everything, I don't think anything's going to happen because of it, uh, because of that. There's a court that's saying uh, Fauci and the Biden administration should um, uh, release the records of their collusion with big tech uh, to, shuff, uh, to, to shush dissenters. I agree. This should happen. I agree. We, we, we should have this information. It should have uh, transparency and it shouldn't be redacted heavily. Um, but uh, again, I don't think this matters. It, it, this is something that does need to happen, but not under this current, not under the current administration, not with the current people in power. Nothing will happen. It'll get memory hold. These people will get acquitted, whatever, whatever. Um, they'll be able to continue uh, harming people and, and you know, nothing will happen of it. Of it. I don't uh, see that actually happening, to be fair. As in, they're and, saying like a judge was uh, ordered Fauci and, and what's that press secretary lady to turn over their emails that they had to social media companies, turn over their private emails. So what? They're not going to say anything about that. I mean, there's 150,000 things you can nail Fauci to a tree for now, along with the big tech companies like Google and the rest of them. Yeah, like you, you could draw and quarter these people with what evidence you can prove in court today, today. But there's like you don't there's need discovery. Argument, there's an argument to be made, though. 
There's an argument to be made that bringing this out to the public eye, it will tarnish their image and change people's opinions to uh, basically push their politicians to go after these people. So it could, on a cultural front level, it could push change. And that could be important, but uh, really under the current, uh, like I said, under the current administration, under the current politics, um, I, I don't think you're going to get anyone besides like a Ted Cruz or a Rand Paul or uh, hell, even I, I think Cotton would even uh, jump on board with something like this. But past that, uh, y y the, the entirety of the Democrat Party, they're going to cover for them, the entirety of them. Then you're going to have the people like Mitt Romney or the uh, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. They're not going to they're not going to go full bore against this. They're, they're, they'll play along so the constituents look like they did something, but intentionally sabotage it so they can go towards their constituents and say, give us more money. And part of the reason I think uh, nothing will, will go anywhere, this is, a, this is a fun stat I brought to you uh, uh, before. This is um, the state of things. One in five Democrats believe men can get pregnant. You want to solve the election issues, you want to solve the lies that were going on and the, the destroying people's lives with the January 6th stuff and all of that. Uh, we want all we want justice for everything that's been going on now. But the reason we won't see much change is that right there. One in five Democrats believe men can get pregnant. You know, I think I think going forward, it, it, one of the things that is essential, if if we have any hope of and I'm, I'm not even talking at the moment about about trying to save whatever this is that's within the system. I, I'm not I, I'm not even entertaining that idea any longer because there's nothing to save. Like we're we're to the point where people are like clinging on to this hope that somehow everything's just going to go back to the way it was and, and we're going to move forward. You don't understand. There's nothing to go back to. I, I've said that time and again. There's nothing to go back to. All of the institutions that we have built in society based around the universal truths that we all agreed to, those have all been compromised and destroyed. You can't go back, even if you wanted to, with those institutions. All of them have to be torn down and rebuilt. So if we're tearing down and rebuilding all of that, we might as well start from the drawing board, start from scratch. And in order to do that, in, in order to, to start from scratch and in order to move forward, as in, I'm talking about real progress, not this progressive crap that they throw at you in the in the mainstream media. I'm talking about real progress. This idea of these, um, that this uh, men can get pregnant or whatever and have kids, that is not progressive. That's lunacy. Whoever claims that, you belong in a mental institution, period, end of story. In order for us to move forward as a civilization, as a human species, I'll go even further with it. In order for us to move forward, the first thing that has to change before we even get to the building of things, before we even get to that, the first thing that has to happen is the minds of people need to be changed. And I'm not talking about through indoctrination like they're doing on television and in the entertainment industry and, and all that stuff. That's not changing someone's mind. That's warping it. People have to want to change things for the better for themselves. That's not what's happened over the last 80 years, or I would argue even longer. It's been a forced change of the expert class. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. You go over here and you you go to work in this corporation. You you buy this stuff and and you watch this on TV and you play this this sport. You play golf and and do this and and you're going to be satisfied and fulfilled. You're as miserable as you've ever been, aren't you? If you're not, you're not paying attention. Then you don't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are. If you don't understand yourself, think about how important that is. 
at this point in history, if you don't understand who you are as a person, forget other people around you, you. Because if you don't know yourself, if you don't have faith in yourself, then how on earth are you going to have faith in anybody else around you? If you don't know that, if you haven't discovered that, or even if you're on the path to discovering it, you run the risk of being swept out with the tide with the woke mob. The minds of people have to be changed in the aspects of goodness. It has to be the universal truths. It has to be a return to that. If we don't have that, then we don't have a society. We don't have a civilization of any kind. If we don't have an agreement in society, if we don't have institutions that support those beliefs and those agreements that we have in society, then there's no point. But in order for us to get to that point, we first have to believe in that and ourselves first, don't we? It's just common sense. That's This is exactly why we we preach, if you will. get your, Start with yourself. Get yourself in a good place, uh, mentally, physically, financially, all of that, your family, your local uh, government, and then keep moving up from there. That's why we tell you to start small, change minds at the local level and start moving forward. Because if we're all doing that in our own circles, it's going to change the entire makeup of uh, the world, not just not just your 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 uh, circle. So as long as we keep pushing uh, for the truth and and keep adhering to these universal truths and staying consistent, we'll see change. We will change things. It's going to take a while. It's going to be painful. You're probably going to offend a lot of people because, as I said, the truth will do one of two things. It'll either set you free or it'll make you angry. And just make sure that it doesn't make you angry when you do see the truth, hear the truth. But yeah. That, that's pretty much all I got. All right, we will go ahead and kick out of here a few minutes early. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.